very special guest, the biggest guest I've ever met in my life, the legend himself, ladies and germs, is Richard Garfield, man. The creator of everything you've ever loved, typically for some of you. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Ah, uh, so Thanks. good to see you. So uh, for those of you who have lived under a rock for the last hundred years, uh, what do you do, sir? Uh, I design games. Uh chance to play the game and if you've played previous trading card games it has a lot of similarities in terms of having creatures and spells that you cast onto the board but in this game anything you see in dota it's here there's not just one board but three boards you control five heroes deploy them among the different lanes there are other games than hearthstone yeah i'm looking forward to artifact it's gonna be like an esports card game you know Wait, what? Right? What's so that I like? Yeah, I played a little bit. It's, uh, you know, it's like every other card game. I never win, and I make a lot of excuses, so. That are essentially card draw, so it's like, it, it like solves so many common problems in card games. Like, I played a lot of Magic growing up. If you don't have card draw, it's like, oh, it's my turn, draw your card. Oh, that's not what I needed. Well, gotta wait till the next turn. See here, artifact hits rock bottom. Player base drops by 97% since launch. Artifact Val's first game in over five years continues to lose players in a sharp decline since its launch in last November. Just two months after release, Steam charts show an alarming 97% drop in player count. Two weeks ago, we reported that Valve was struggling, having ended 2018 outside of Steam's top 100 plays. start but as we can see no more creeps to follow so yeah. he's just delaying time right now a phonic shield can be used how much damage does he go down to he should still go down to 10 because of the jasper daggers he'll have so it'll be exact lethal he'll have exact lethal all right oh he actually dies oh i forgot about that oh my god are you serious oh. It's the roar of the Team Liquid horse. <laughs> That's the Team Liquid battle cry that we just saw there. The, he's like a yodeler of death. He is death. literally going to fall asleep. He's, oh, shit! Oh, it worked! I told the you people! He put on a coat. He put on the thing. He gave oh. out the horse scream in the round one. I can't believe he even took Golden Ticket from the side shot. Of course he did. Richard oh. Garfield extended his hand and said, take the RG, I present it. Oh, my. All right. I mean, they here's do. the heal and Listen. here's the annihilate. Yeah, like, 100%. So, so we see this line of play. We just got to make sure. <laughs> there yeah. it is. There it is. Oh. Danger, yeah, I want to see Stan's face when this Thunderhide Alpha pounds right through him. Stan is very, he's questioning life's decisions right now. Like maybe he, I he's like, am I, am I really about to lose to this dinosaur? Oh my goodness, let's see it. Oh. Yes, and look at that smile on Vin's face. Listen. Lane two is gonna look really scary, but there's no actually yeah, five mana annihilation isn't there, so Alright, so Wow We jinxed Stitch Power. I'm sorry. I he has literally nothing to do anything about that. Two all sing one's favor. Yeah. Great job there. Smash to the defense is nothing and a nasal goo. It's almost like if those all seeing one's favors were wolves, they could block some damage here, right? Soak a little bit. Alright, I'm not good at math, but it's very well could be lethal. Teddy is stealing. 
What? Right out from underneath Stormlight. You know, we told you maybe move the tree. And it looks like that might bite in the butt. And the time of triumph, the one that Wait. is needed. Oh, Wait. my God. Wait. We have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. What a clutch. And just like that, what? we have a tie. It's a little tie of triumph. Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Podcast. Today, uh, we are joined by a very special guest once again. Um, this time, we have Rob AJG. That's a mouthful, I feel. I don't know. AJG? That's like a bunch <laughs> well, of... Well, so many letters. How so will we survive? Letters. I can't take it, so I have to breathe more. The AJG, uh, yeah, so... it mixes, it mixes. Um, yeah, I tried to do G, but uh, it was already taken. So, ooh, you know, I see, surprisingly, I see. that there's so many Rob G's in the universe. <laughs> no, um, I'm excited, too, because it's the first uh, Rob I've had on. Um, it's great. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It feels, I know, it feels cool to have. All right, let's start off. Let's start <laughs> off with the questions. Um, I'm going to ask you, all right, this is a question. You're going to have to go back a little bit, all right? All right, here we go. Going back, back Going in back, time. Back in time. Describe your first experience with card games. Oh, that's so it's pretty easy for me. Uh, I started playing card games when I was 13 years old. Uh, and I was in ninth grade. I had gotten skipped uh, out of like skipped a grade. So I was one of the youngest kids in school and I was having a hard time trying to find friends and things like that. And I went to uh, the cafeteria to go eat my horrible cheap ass school lunch. <laughs> and, uh, I saw a couple kids there playing, uh, with cards on the table and I'd never seen anything like this before. And they were like kind of dark and, uh, they, they had black borders. They were doing stuff with land and I had no idea <laughs> what was going on. And so I asked these kids, one of them was like, he's like six feet tall, big, big ass kid and uh so he's kind of intimidating and, uh, as, and i didn't think they would even pay me any attention and i was like hey you know what are you playing and the guy was like oh dude this is magic the <laughs> gathering you want to learn how to play and like, out of this big ass dude came out this little voice and but they were so friendly and sat me down and kind of told me a little bit about what magic the gathering was and and at the time it was just it was just crazy because i'd never i've played board games with my family growing up and that kind of thing but nothing too complicated my mom was a big scrabble person uh and i played video games but never any like role-playing games anything like that so magic the gathering was my first uh my first love in card games uh from that day in ninth grade i uh, was hooked and uh yeah 26 years later i uh, i still play magic and uh I follow Richard Garfield around to random games he creates as well. So <laughs> oh, that's great, man. That oh, that was a great story. I really enjoyed that. Um, it, it's interesting because I, sometimes I feel like I'll ask a question, right? And there's mm -hmm. only so much someone can give. But uh, I really appreciate that story. So kind of pushing off onto this, all right? How did you kind of get into the um, the Magic Pro Tour aspect, right? Uh, so what happened was is. Uh, again, when I started playing Magic, there was no Pro Tour. There was no Friday Night Magic. There was no none of that. There was no DCI. Uh, and as we continued, uh, Albuquerque is kind of a hotbed for Magic. Uh, we were one of the cities that just had a really big influx of players and cards. And me being a kid, I've, I've, I was always pretty good at Magic. Uh, even though I was a poor kid who really didn't have any money or anything like that, I had a lot of friends who let me borrow decks or let me they'd maybe buy me some cards and then I would trade and I ended up making a bunch of decks and but then eventually the pro tour qualifiers came around and when I heard about pro tour qualifiers I was all over that and they used to have a junior pro tour and uh and what the junior pro tour was is if you it was basically you took the highest ranking junior kid uh mm -hmm. in a pro tour qualifier and they got an invite to the pro tour oh. and uh so yeah. but I ended up not 
doing as well as I wanted to. It never got to play on the Junior Pro Tour when it was like all of these crazy, like Brian Kibler and all these other guys who were kids playing on the Junior Pro Tour. I didn't do that. So, but I did end up winning quite a few Pro Tour qualifiers just to get onto the Pro Tour naturally. And so it's funny when I hear people uh, in Artifact kind of complain about, oh, there's a 128-man qualifier to get onto, get get into one of these tournaments. And I'm like, and? <laughs> so what <laughs> tell me oh cry me a river i had to do that and not do it from the uh, comforts of my own home i'd have to spend money and drive to denver or drive to phoenix or fly to california to play at a 200 man tournament where only one person gets an invite that you sometimes can or cannot even go to because back then they would give you a $500 voucher mm-hmm. uh to pay for your flight but strangely uh if the the pro tours in japan Five hundred dollars uh, is not going to cover your whole way, uh, even half of your flight most of the time. So, uh, but that's how I ended up uh, with the Pro Tour was just qualifying the hard way and uh, just trying to make a name for myself there. And I can't say that I. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to can't say that I'm. I'm not some big name in the Magic side uh, when it comes to. Um, you know, top 10 performances and things like that. I'm like everybody's, you know, I'm like magic player on the pro tour that everybody knows. <laughs> That's I'm like the, I'm like just a real popular person, not because of my performances or anything, but just, I'm like the gossip rat uh, when it came to magic. And uh, I was always showing up and I was always friendly and I, I've just known everybody. And, uh, and that's kind of actually how things ended up getting started for me with uh, artifact too. Wow. That- that's good. That's good. Um, and then actually kind of moving on, um, when, how did uh, team liquid pick you up? So with team liquid, it's kind of serendipitous, right? Because you can, you can reach out to team liquid all you want to, and you're not going to get a response. <laughs> so that's, it's uh, on my side, I don't have any history in esports. Uh, obviously I played magic and that's not an esport, uh, not as of today. Uh, and definitely not previous Mm -hmm. so what happened is just like you doing your podcast i used to run a magic the gathering podcast called mtg focus and uh all those years of making connections and friends i uh, i tapped into some of those to be able to get people on my show uh like paulo vitor and adrian sullivan a lot just a bunch of other um really famous magic players and then on top of that famous people who just happen to play magic so uh when it came around to artifact i was kind of doing the same thing. I was doing interviews with people who were uh, not, I don't say big, but because Artifact hadn't even come out yet officially, but people who were interested that I knew from Magic. And I had done an interview with Paulo just about what he felt about Artifact and how he liked it. And we we would do the our Twitch streams and, and that kind of thing. And so they ended up seeing that and they were starting a website and so it came from there. It was, hey, we need someone who's really good on the draft side. We know that you've been playing a lot in the beta, and uh, we really like the interviews that you had been doing, and I think that it would be a good fit to be doing uh, draft uh, kind of lessons mm-hmm. and uh, draft introductions. And uh, the draft article that I put together for draw2.gg has been one of the most popular limited articles that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically if when you're starting – uh, to play artifact and you want to learn how to draft it's like that's where you start and it was just something i had put together from basically being super persistent in the beta because when i joined i sucked i sucked so bad i just got beat down all the time and so i just reached out to tons and tons of guys in, and girls in the beta mm-hmm. for their advice and then started applying that and then writing that article so um yeah that's All of that is really where it came from Team Liquid is an interview I did with Paulo that they liked and then we just kind of took off from there. I think that's that's I think that's really interesting because I feel a lot of people when they start Artifact they're like oh I suck I'm bad whatever right yeah of course Um, everyone does for me I feel it was the opposite I don't know why must be nice must be nice no 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 no. listen listen the opposite (laughs) the opposite means something very specific because I went into my first Phantom draft all right I paid my two tick or one ticket or whatever it was got a perfect run all right and i think what it was is i had enough general knowledge or inkling or intuition towards the game that Uh in the very first days when no one knew what they were doing i was able to get a perfect run all right but i haven't got a perfect run since so oh no (laughs) you won the super bowl and never came back (laughs) pretty much pretty much that's what it feels like 
Um, oh no, I cannot say that. For me, I I definitely uh, went. I, I think like oh oh for nine, oh for ten. Uh, my first games, there was no when I started. There was no tutorial. Um, and previously in the beta, there was a tutorial. Oh. And uh, so I I got in. I'd watched plenty of the game when I was at PAX because uh, I worked a little bit in the uh, artifact booth during PAX, uh, just doing video and things like that. And so when I got back home, I was totally excited to be in the beta and promptly got my face kicked in. <laughs> uh, and and But it was like it was weird because I went really low, lost a bunch of games. Then I went to, won a bunch of games and then I went back to losing a bunch of games and really had no idea why. And uh, so I understand the plight of someone who maybe stops playing the game, one, because they're not very good in the beginning. But then also when they start losing and don't understand why, uh, because we also used to have replays in the beta. Mm-hmm. So I would play a game. I would if I lost, I would go back. I'd watch my replay and f- kind of see what mistakes I made. And uh, and that really, really helped to be able to play the game at a, a better than average level, I think. Um I'm going to kind of, I'll stick, I have a question about uh, Team Liquid still to go, but I do, I do kind of want to, because we're on the artifact cake right now, um, there Mm -hmm. was uh, a Reddit post a while back that was kind of explaining that in artifact, there's kind of this difference between tactics and strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in general, in card games, um, there's some general strategies that you can follow, like play around board clears and, um, you know, ramp and all these general things um, that you kind of see in Artifact, but in Artifact, I feel like there's a lot more of little moves that can kind of change the outcome of the game that that normal like normal card games don't really, people are not used right. to, right? Yep. If you can just speak yeah. to that. So what ends up happening in Artifact a lot of time is people get tunnel vision uh, and they fail to realize what's important now. So one of the uh, things on our podcast or not podcast, on my stream Mm -hmm. that I would always emphasize to people is every single turn you have to just step back and realize what's important now because things are in Artifact are very dynamic and uh, a lane that you were concentrating on before may not, you might not need to concentrate on that anymore. You might not need to focus on it anymore. Maybe your opponent has given up on it. Now you need to focus somewhere else and it's very easy to get tunnel vision as you are thinking, hey, I need to win this lane and but you've forgotten other things um, or you kind of lose track of how much health your tower has. Uh, <laughs> that That's very, that happens a lot too. So um, you have to be very patient with it. Uh, and I know that's hard to say with timers being low and everything that goes with that. But mm-hmm. if you're not patient and you don't stop and even just take 30 seconds to just think, okay, where's the next step? What is happening right now? Uh, you will just lose a ton. And that's why I think people lose most of the time is they just don't understand what's important. And But it's also hard to find out what's important. If you're not watching people stream and you're not reading articles and you're not doing that and you're trying to do it all on your own, it's just really hard. It really is. And I find that most people are not in the camp of I'm just a natural artifact player. Uh, mm-hmm. They've teamed up like Mago who has from Gwent I mean, he he's he works with a ton of guys who play Artifact, and they work together and they share ideas. It's you don't just get instantly better. Uh, you have to put in the work, and you have to really understand because the first step is understanding what's important right now, mm-hmm. and then the next step is what's going to be important next turn. And you also, as you get better, you start evaluating that too because so many people get kind of uh, upset. Oh, I I never saw a TP scroll, or I never saw a blink dagger, or whatever it is. And I got stuck in this lane. Well, yeah, of course you did because. You didn't plan on what mm-hmm. if I don't get a TP scroll? <laughs> like you were like, I'm gonna put it in this lane, okay? And but they, you didn't think, well, if I win this lane and I don't find a way out, am I going to lose? And so sometimes the decisions you make on placements become that that in the background, like, oh my god, if I'm stuck in this lane, what happens, right? Yeah. So, but again, that's not intuitive. That's not something you're no. like. Well, or, you know what? That, and I, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. I feel yeah. like in artifact, there's almost setups, right? You can actually do like in chess. Um, yeah. And there's actually lines of play that you have to be thinking like significant amount of steps ahead. Yep. Um, like there could be a play that you just do offhandedly, like, oh, this gives me advantage on this board. Let me place this hero here, right? But three turns down the, you know, down the road, if you don't have a blink dagger, like, right. that might have really, been the play totally. that cost you the game. So, and that's very happens a lot. I mean, that happens quite a bit. And what's the most non intuitive thing is whether or not you should kill your opponent's hero or whether or not you should allow your own hero <laughs> to be killed. so true. And I learned that 
oh, I was losing a lot and I didn't understand why. And I would see my opponent like letting his uh, heroes die and things like that. And I just never comprehended it. And then now I understand like, okay, if my hero dies, right, what am I actually giving up? And you have to say, I'm giving five gold to uh, my opponent. I'm also going to give him a turn where that hero is not on the board. Now, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of times it doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of times you can have creep placements. You can have other heroes that can block. So you're not you're not even giving up tower damage. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's the name of the game is tower damage. Uh, your heroes dying is so minuscule. Your heroes die tons. Uh, the big thing is just not letting all your heroes die late game, right? Like if all your heroes die in one turn after mana turn six, you probably lose the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where blue really shines. But uh, that is... I believe the biggest disconnect for players uh, of the game. And it's why, you know, we could have, have had 60,000 concurrent players and lose so many because so many of those players are used to being good at games naturally. (laughs) um, And so good at just turning it on and whooping people up and things like that. And that's just not the case in artifact. You lose to the bot when you first start. (laughs) I mean, it's just, yeah. Like watching the people play at PAX and how many people just lost to random easy bot is Mm-hmm. everyone like all kinds in it because it's just a difficult game and i i think that's uh that's another thing i think people's i don't uh, sorry i'm just trying to think this through but i i just yeah, feel i feel like sometimes people there's a lot of people saying oh i don't like the game but like i think the game core concept and everything like it's always enjoyable to play i don't i yeah. don't i don't I, I'm sure there's always like problems, blah blah blah, but it's it's not anything where I feel. I think the game, if you were to say, you know, design me a perfect card game, right? Right. I would say this would be an easy A minus, you know, from a design perspective or above, right? I don't think, I don't think there's necessarily things that I'm like, well, this game, like literally, if if anything, it's just that um, the the maybe the the there's a there's a certain amount of work that needs to be put into the game that people are not used to yet. Um, Correct, but that I don't think that makes the game necessarily worse, right? Um, well, it's it's the problem is with artifact is there's no casual mode. Mm-hmm. There's no like I'm every like every game you play is pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so few games where you just like roll your opponent. <laughs> like mm-hmm. even when your deck is insane. Uh, and at the We Play Agility Tournament where someone has turned to Time of Triumph, like, they still lost that game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. <laughs> and in, in Magic, that just doesn't happen unless you get comboed off. Like, mm-hmm. you do something insane, and then your opponent just combos you out. They don't care what you're doing. Like, you always care what someone's doing in Artifact. And the in most games, um, you get to play. Like, in Magic, there's so... There's, there's a, not a large... I guess large comparative to Artifact, but there's... Uh, a certain percentage of games that are just not games. Mm-hmm. Like one person just doesn't draw any mana, they get stuck oh, on two. I know that all Or too. another, right, or you just get mana flooded. You're like, oh, I drew six lands in a row. Whoops, that was fun. Don't get to play Magic anymore. Right, like, mm-hmm. and that is so frustrating. And obviously that's RNG and whatever, but, or getting ma- color screw. There's just so many things, ways that you just don't get to play. And in Artifact, that's just not the case. Like every game you get to play, every game. And even when your hand is full of six and seven drops, you still don't just instantly lose. Mm-hmm. Um because you very, very rarely lose on like mana turn four in artifact. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I don't ever see that unless someone just conceives out of frustration. So again, it's just about people not having a, there, there really just is no casual mode. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no Dota 2 chess in artifact yeah. where you just like can play, you can't play artifact mindlessly, yeah. right? It's not, you have to concentrate. So, that's probably the biggest problem and from a design standpoint mm-hmm. uh and but i'm sure that there's ways to design game modes that are more casual yeah and i mean i this i whenever there's a chance to mention starcraft i always do um because mm-hmm. that is my original game of choice um oh if you come from starcraft then artifact is perfect for you i, I know and i feel <laughs> i just wanted to mention it because um i also feel like they had the same problem where um, a lot of players would leave because if you weren't playing every week, you were going down. Like there's no yeah, you got no progressively break. worse. Um, right, there's no break. And what recently happened, and I think I've mentioned this before, right? Um, I, I, maybe my last podcast, some some podcast ago, but um, essentially Starcraft had the fortune of 
um, eventually introducing free-to-play, which for that specific game worked um, because the game had been around for what, eight years. Forever. Um, and the yeah. campaign... Oh, I'm talking about StarCraft 2 for now. but um, Right. Um, but, the, but the campaign was still paid, which is probably the way to do it. Um, but also, and the bigger mode was they actually introduced this co-op feature, which was essentially you and a friend can play campaign missions or like made-up campaign mm. missions. Um, and that community became bigger than the actual 1v1 multiplayer like active community on the game. Right. Um, but also those people that are playing those casual games are enjoying it um, and they see the competitive side and they'll watch the competitive tournaments, um, resulting in an increase in viewership for a game that had an increase in viewership in like four years. So right. um, I just think that's interesting, the comparison, right? Where I feel um, if we had some way of like, hey, hop in, you know, play, I don't know, uh, play some maybe mini games or um, mm-hmm. play with a friend, you know, play with a friend, right. Just grab a friend. They can play. I don't know. You, you, you play two lanes, you know, each, each teammate has a lane. I don't know. Something like that. Right. I think there's definitely um, room for something. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I think so too. Yeah. There just needs to be some way for people who are bad in artifact to still play it and have fun. And, in magic there's plenty of that right like you don't have to be a professional magic player in order to be able to play edh and have fun mm-hmm. uh you don't have to be a professional magic player to go to fnm mm-hmm. and play like you could just go to fnm everybody's pretty bad with you um and you could have a good time it's low pressure mm-hmm. but like every game of artifacts <laughs> is <laughs> like is tough every game of artifact is putting your skills to the test you're not like it, very rarely are you playing artifact like laughing and joking <laughs> like ah oh, this is so much fun like you know you're like it's like playing chess and it is. it is uh and it's draining like chess and as someone who's played chess for a long time i feel the exact oops, i feel the exact same way um playing chess that i do when i'm playing artifact yeah and that, that gets, obviously that makes it harder to play consecutive games right um you know i could i could well for at least for some people well no i mean that is the case it's with like tournament artifact you get to a point where you've played like six rounds Mm -hmm. and your brain is mush (laughs) it's just gone uh because you you have to focus in you've got to and there's not only the future planning there's also this initiative uh balancing that you have to worry about there's there's just so many things that you're juggling at the same time that if you're not taking care of your body and you're not taking care of your mind. You're not eating right and so on and so forth. You just shut off. <laughs> I mean, and anyone like six hours in is going to be at your limit, right? Like I, I feel, I feel uh, that's what makes, I guess the finals of tournaments usually pretty exciting. Um, yeah. Cause the, they're the players early in the tournament usually um, make less and less mistakes. Right. Um, yep. But then, giant mistakes start appear, appearing as the tournament goes on because players are just so tired. They're like, I can't think that this move through right now, right? Well, and there's extra stress too. It's as you move deeper into the tournament, the more's on the line, uh, the competition's better, your mistakes are amplified. Uh, a lot of times your games are being streamed and that's new a new feeling for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there was somebody who in the We Play tournament had a physical misclick instead of uh, playing in Annihilation, they played a um, an Eclipse, which was obviously com- completely warps the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but pressure and- will do that to you. Also, fatigue. There's just, I mean, mm-hmm. so Artifact is not an easy game. But again, I think there just needs to be, uh, like I said, a casual mode. Because if I want to go out in the street with my friends and play pickup football, mm-hmm. you know, we just get a little $5 football. We play around, have yeah. fun. There's not like I don't need an offensive coordinator, a head coach. I don't need a, uh, you know, and it's there's just doesn't exist for that in artifact right now. All right, we're gonna we're gonna come back to the uh, we play tournament in a second. Um, I want to yeah. finish off uh, with Team Liquid. Um, you said they approached you or approached I guess a couple people with the draw to uh, .gg website idea. Um, is so, that correct? So the way it worked is uh, at the time. I had been kind of putting my feelers out uh, to different websites to see who, uh, what teams were putting together uh, artifact teams uh, who were looking to sponsor players, so on and so forth. And uh, a couple of teams had reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we're looking at maybe sponsoring some players and so on and so forth. And then uh, the Liquid guy said, 
oh, we we are looking to sponsor a few players. And on top of that, we're starting a website. And you know, would you be interested in doing content for the website? And we just kind of started the conversation from there. Because uh, for me, again, when I was playing Magic, I was just always the guy that just knew a lot of the people. I just knew information. I was again, I was like a little gossip rat. I just, people talk to me. And so when I was doing a podcast and you do news in your podcast, it's important to obviously have sources, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time that was like the big news was, oh, what esports teams are putting together artifact teams. And so again, Team Liquid was doing that. But on top of that, they were putting together this really nice website. So that's how I got on board. And I, I think it's interesting because uh, Liquipedia has always been a hub for um, tournament results um, yep. and news for games. But um, I feel like Draw2G is kind of looking at the more we want to be the game's focal point, right? Like there's decks, there's articles. Yep. Um, and so I think maybe, I think it's cool that Team Liquid kind of sees that, you know, we have this general website that most people will go to for games. But we kind of we want to be more involved with the specific deck building and the other aspects of the game, right? Yeah, the idea is to be the best artifact website there is. It is to be the starting point when people start to play artifact. And when myself and the editor for the the website, Aleko, uh, sat down and really started brainstorming what we wanted to, how we wanted the site to look and what our goals were, that was job one. Is when you are thinking about either a downloading the game or you've downloaded the game and you're ready to get better. Where do you go? And we wanted people to say, this is where you should go, right? Like, or I'm learning to draft where, where do I start to learn the fundamentals of draft? And we wanted people to do that at our site. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's go on to the, we play tournament. Uh, how did you get contacted um, to be involved with we play? How did that go? So it's actually funny, the story with WePlay, because uh, so there was the first WePlay tournament where they had, uh, you know, the cast that they had with Mogwai and, and those guys in Swim. And then also they had the tournament itself. And many of the people who were in the WePlay tournament as uh, competitors were people that I had personally gotten into the beta people who I had like emailed on their behalf to say, hey, they should be in the beta. And so, on, you know, and come on, get them in. And they got in and then they got invites to the We Play tournament and I did not. So I was like super salty <laughs> about not getting an invite to the We Play tournament when all of these people I had taught to play the game <laughs> were playing in the tournament. And I had also emailed them uh, earlier about, hey, you know, do you need anyone to work as a host or a caster or whatever? And basically they told me to get screwed, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, no, nah, no, you know, whatever. And uh, a lot of the people who were in the tournament uh, had emailed on my behalf, hey, Rob's really good. He's doing this writing for Draw 2 and so on and so forth. You know, like all of this stuff. So because I had felt like my resume was spoke for itself when mm -hmm. it came to some of this stuff. In, uh, but so they told me, no, my good friend Alira at WePlay said, Rob, get lost. <laughs> and so but. I watched the cast uh, and I told on my Twitter, I was like, look, I was so salty about not getting chosen, but the production was like over the top. It was mm -hmm. so good and definitely was really happy with what I saw because I knew that uh, shows like that and w the We Play Strength Tournament were really going to buoy the community uh, if things got kind of kind of bad, which they ended up getting bad. Mm -hmm. um, so and then for this time, I. Um, I just randomly sent a message to uh, one of the producers, Eugene, at uh, WePlay and said, hey, mm -hmm. do you need someone uh, to uh, to be a host or a cast or to actually just to be a uh, caster on the show? Mm -hmm. And I didn't think anything of it. It was really just a random message in the dark because they had already told me. No. You know, throwing it out there, throwing yourself. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah you shoot your shot. Yeah, that's that's how I've always been. And um he sent me a message back and said, yeah, absolutely. would love you to come. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, I didn't think I, I seriously did not think that they were going to say anything to me because the last show was so great. You have charmer, you've got sons fan, you've got Mogwai, you've got swim. You've got these guys that are there uh, with Panda doing such a great job with it. And so again, I just threw it out there just to in the universe to see what would happen. And sure enough, he was like, 
yeah, let's do it. And I sent him another message and said, Hey, um, I think I would make a very good host. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I think I would. So if you're not committed to having somebody be a host, let me know. Cause at the time I had no idea who was actually going to be part of the cast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he said, done. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that that's easy. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how that came about. It really, and it was like the process of maybe like an eight hour from, from when I sent a message to when him sending a message back to me and us saying that we wanted to get it done. And me being the host was like all done within eight hours. Wow. Um, so it happened really fast. Next thing I know, I've got tickets to Kiev coming uh, to head out to the to Ukraine to uh, play and not play, but to uh, to cast and host an artifact show. show. And that's bold, man. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Even now, it still seems a little surreal um, because when you hear that you've got someone like Slack's going to be on the cast, who is obviously huge in the Dota 2 community, mm -hmm. uh, it's... It's wild, man. So I had a good time, though. Yeah, it's crazy how uh, there's these opportunities that you kind of just, you know, throw yourself out there. You try to take, and uh, they end up working out. Um, mm -hmm. No, um, I want to say, how did you, uh, how did you, you, you enjoy uh, Ukraine? Um, for the... So it's it's so interesting because I had never been to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Never been to that part of the world Eastern in Eastern Europe. Europe. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I've uh, been to, yeah. I've been to Italy. I've been to Japan. I've been to Mexico and Canada and Spain, like just all these different places for magic. Right. And mm -hmm. Ukraine is, is people were so nice. It was, uh, the, we play people are just like, just next level. <laughs> I mean, they're so, I mean, they're astronomically nice. They're nice to the point where you're like, <laughs> something is not right. So, like, <laughs> Is this a cult? You know, what are we... Right. Yeah. You're like, is this hostile? Am, <laughs> I, am I going to get kidnapped and killed somewhere? Because they, you, you showed up. They had people at the airport waiting. Um, took us over to the hotel. Made sure we ate. We had an assistant who was like our talent manager. Her name is Valerie. She, whenever you needed anything, you sent her a text or a message, and she got it. Mm -hmm. It was uh, in the production crew. All of them were just amazing and really open to doing different things. Uh, and then the guys um, in the, from the, the talent side that were so open and really made it easy for me to do my job mm -hmm. because uh, you've got these big personalities like slacks and like sons. And um, you've got guys who are real kind of like straight and narrow, but know what they're talking about with like Panda and charmer. And, but all of them brought something really interesting to the table and they would always give me advice and say, Hey, this is, this is that or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, but we're also open to doing skits. We're to doing things off the wall and, uh, it made for a good show, I think. And with the, uh, tournament specifically, um, from, from your perspective, who did you want to win the tournament? And also what was the biggest surprise of the tournament? So I was very certain that, uh, that hyped would win this tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just been putting in the time. He knows the decks in and out. He's very, very good. I was very sure that somebody like Lumi would do well, swim. I, I've just seen them play. I've seen them play on the big stage. I've seen that they can put up the performances. They know the decks, and they came with good decks too. And uh, I went back and looked at a lot of the games, and I think Lumi got a little unlucky uh, in his match because I think if he wins his match against Swim, he probably wins the tournament. Uh, I think in the group stages, Hyped had the same problem where he got a little uh, unfortunate. He also had like a miscalculation in one of his lanes that ended up costing him a time of triumph on two heroes. Uh, so, but the the biggest thing for me was, uh, biggest surprise was Hyped not making it out of groups. Mm -hmm. Like him not making it out of groups, I would have probably bet every a dollar I owned against somebody that that wouldn't happen that he would definitely make it out of groups but he didn't and then uh in the tournament itself uh panda from day one has been saying that mago was going to win the tournament that he was probably the best player no one ever has heard about so that wasn't too much of a surprise um because i've been hearing it every single day since i'd been in ukraine <laughs> uh but it was cool because we did have upsets we had an, a storyline of these people who no one really knew about versus the kind of the pros or people who were famous in the streaming community. And um, I think it made for an interesting dynamic for the, the days of the stream.
Mm-hmm. Um, are you uh, surprised with the uh, the you know? Honestly, I thought it was a tremendous viewer count that the tournament uh, uh, garnered, um, given given you know uh, the player base fall off and all that. Uh, any surprise I, there? I mean, the thing is, is that artifact is very hard to play, mm-hmm. but I think. And without trying to sound uh, like I'm tooting my own horn, but I think our cast made it much more enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch Artifact than it had been previously. Uh, there was and... something special. I, there was something you know in what the I air, mean? but this specific tournament had some some sizzle, all right? Something, something yeah. that, that kept me drawing back, kept me coming back all the time. Yeah, and I think for me, I didn't see anything from like the viewer perspective, right? Because I'm in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just this energy in the studio. There's just this energy amongst the casters and how much fun we're having and how excited we're getting and things happening. And uh, and we would see the positivity on Reddit, which is pff, unbelievable to get any positivity out of Reddit. <laughs> and so when we see this positivity on Reddit after the first day, it really lifts our spirit because we were very paranoid, kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what if we come to Ukraine and put this hard work in and everyone hates it, right? <laughs> like, and but when Reddit kind of said, "Hey, we really like what we're seeing," it gave us that second win to really kind of uh, to go at it. And when I went back and watched it when I got home, um, when I got to the states, I watched a lot of the stream, and it's just it's just different, right? And I think hopefully that sets the bar for future tournaments. Is that maybe if we can make the viewer experience not so serious mm-hmm. and make it it's fun but it's also there's there there are definitely hard decisions it's definitely exciting and there's nothing wrong with getting hyped up about uh certain people winning or making big plays or crazy rng happening like mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be bad right it, it's let's let's just run with it so another thing that i actually really enjoyed just just now that now that you said it, it brought it back to me but sometimes when a big play would happen you would hear the 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 clap or the laughter yeah. of the main uh, the main stage through the mics of the casters. Yep. I, I yep. thought that was. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional, but it always made it seemed like it made the moment seem so much more you know so much more big like so much more real. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is at first uh, it we got in trouble. <laughs> so because uh, I don't know what I was doing. Uh, but I was being too loud and the producer had came up and he goes, Rob, you know, they can hear you in the mics. Uh, and I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then as time went along, I, I was talking to the producer. I said, listen, you know what? I think we could give this a more live feel. kind of viewer yeah. feel if we don't hold back. If, if we put something out there and we, um, we want people to win, we want people to lose, and so from that point on, we were like, whatever, if it's big and it's exciting, let's run with it. Let's not hold back because it just sounded kind of neat in the background. And when like when Mago used the aphotic shield mm-hmm. to get rid of the time of triumph, we were we almost flew out of our chairs. <laughs> so and it's not like we were faking it that we were excited. We were genuinely excited about uh, the stuff going on because I had brought this pie bet to the table Mm -hmm. uh, with everybody because I felt like if we all had a little skin in the game somehow that because we're all competitive and we haven't been able to play (laughs) games for six days or seven days that we would get more of that reaction. And that's like actually what happened. And (laughs) during that time you can hear like everybody kind of scream like, Oh my gosh. And then you hear Panda like, that's my boy bag. And those are the kind of things that we have to have more of where you see that we're not robots. We're just like you at home because we are not pros either. We didn't see that, and there's plenty I mean, of things. Actually, that we if, see. if you if you look really closely at the reactions of both players, I don't yeah. think either player realized that. Mago was, had no idea. Mago had no he idea, had, and I'm pretty sure uh, was it Barry? Barry was like, "What was like? What oh happened? God." <laughs> yeah he's like i don't even i don't know but i'm instant surrendering because it's the shame but it was for it to be an important game for something like that to happen was awesome uh there was but there was tons of stuff like that there was like hyped used a golden ticket and got an aphotic or got a a apiothis blade Mm -hmm. right like uh and that's where we just have to do a good job as casters to 
set the tone to because you know when it for, if hyped was casting like you can see him when it happened to him he's just like no reaction he's just like stone <laughs> and for the rest of us we're like oh my god like what what would a normal person do in that particular situation right yeah, yeah. i would be tripping would be tripping and uh so we wanted to make sure that we showed people that mm-hmm. um all right here here's another question on the uh kind of the off camera dynamic but uh yeah does Suns fan really hate action slacks? And uh, <laughs> and then after after you give me a joke answer for that, um, what was the dynamic between the casters uh, off camera? You felt okay. So off camera, it's really it was like imagine if you had uh, like five brothers, mm-hmm. and you've got the older side because I'm the oldest, mm-hmm. and you've got the youngest, which is Panda, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> But we all got along, even though we had we're totally different personalities, totally different parts of our life. We've got some of us are married with kids, some of us are single, some of us just have girlfriends, uh, some of us work full time in esports, some don't, and so there's all these different things. But every morning we would be in the shuttle going towards uh, the WePlay Studio, just kind of talking about not even about artifact, just about just anything but mm-hmm. artifact, just joking around, having a good time. And then we'd be doing this show for 12 hours and we'd get out of there some like the first day, I think we got out of there like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we were still hyped afterwards, uh, going to McDonald's at, you know, two or three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it's it's one of those times I wish we could have had like a um, just a camera crew behind us the whole time because there were so many funny inside jokes that were just going on the in I mean jokes that were so funny that slacks and sons couldn't breathe they couldn't <laughs> breathe they were at and they we, we were in the car they were just laughing hysterically and then they were in the studio and they said it again and they were they went stupid they went like they had a stroke (laughs) for two straight minutes where they just laughed uncontrollably for two minutes and i was like dude you've got to be quiet they can definitely hear you and it doesn't make any sense that you're laughing right now and it and panda was like paranoid he was like hey you guys were laughing did i say something stupid or whatever and we're like no these idiots are just laughing at like the the wind because that's what they are they're like hyenas uh and but they were awesome and then You've got Panda, who's the youngest guy who is single. He's from Spain. He does this is his life. His job is getting into casting. Mm-hmm. And but he is like on on camera is very uh kind of like put together and Classical, very traditional. Cla- you know, caster, right. You know, you know. Yeah. But behind the scenes, he's just like any other like 24-year-old dude, just like he has a good time running around. Mm-hmm. And you would just wouldn't expect that uh from him come from his on-screen persona. And then Charmer is pretty much the same in person <laughs> as he is on the okay. show he yeah he's just the dude he's just uh he's there he's smart uh he has he like deadpans so many of the jokes that he says and that's what really makes him funny um but he really helped me because day one he got to uh help me with what he went through as the host right mm-hmm. and um what he learned and all of those things i got to apply so that i got to start off on the right foot um, because he could have easily tried to like sabotage me and be like, ah, I don't want this guy to do better than me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that was nowhere, nowhere in the zip code of the thought process from anyone. Um, if they thought that there was something that was really good, they would say it. And that was nice to always, we would always compliment each other. If I, you know, I would tell people too, that the casting guys did in that game was right on point. It was awesome. It was great. And you got to hear that, right. You can't, you don't want, to rely on reddit or twitch chat to give you an analysis of uh how you're doing right you want to hear it from other people and then on top of that you'll go to twitch chat and things like that just to see generally what the idea is but hearing it from your peers is super important Mm -hmm. all right and no suns fan and slacks do not hate each other they are like bros for life they like they would go to the bathroom together if they could. I enjoyed, they are, I enjoyed how yeah. there's a there's a full, I don't know how long it was, but a bit that just continued where, you know, a Suns fan was, was playing it off. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, they, they always say that. They're like, if I could kill you and get away with <laughs> like, And that's that's the funny thing. Yeah. All right. Um, here, we're, we're just going to kind of wrap up now. Um, it's sure. been It's been good. 
Um, what are your uh, final thoughts kind of on um, your the whole artifact experiment and and the WePlay tournament specifically? So uh, artifact needs companies like WePlay that want to that put a a good face on the experience of artifact. Uh, I think again, it will buoy uh, us through these dark times in artifact. And uh, but the game, I love the game. Uh, I feel very confident with Valve. Uh, Valve's backing that um, things are going to get better. Uh, I know they're reaching out to people about feedback and how we can get better. And they read Reddit. Mm-hmm. They they know it's out there. Uh, so expect big things from Valve. Uh, but it's this is not going to be a short fix. This isn't going to be like one day we have two thousand concurrent, and next day we have twenty thousand. That's no, not that's not going to happen. It's going to be people like you who are listening today who are into artifact who are the hardcore people who are going to be the foundation of this game Mm -hmm. and we want to keep those players and and then bring in new players uh from there Mm -hmm. and uh as for we play i would love to do more stuff with we play uh it's very possible that i will be back for the intelligence tournament Mm -hmm. to host that or play in it one or the other um and also uh, just some other events like for Dota or CSGO and uh, other games. I'm going to be a familiar face uh, around because, again, you're not presented with opportunities like this very often in your life. And when you do, you really have to just kind of go for it. Actually, I want to run something by you. Um, go for it. Just uh, you, were, you were speaking about having more uh, opportunities like we play. Um, mm-hmm. Myself personally, um, I'm the president of a university um, esports club. Yeah. And uh, it feels like Artifact in particular, um, when it was announced, a lot a lot of the reaction was very much uh, negative, right? And it was mm-hmm. interesting because I thought, I thought like this game could probably appeal, but for some reason the university, at least age group, didn't really uh, seem to kind of approach right. it. Um, any thoughts on that? I mean, the university age group is about being popular too it's uh and i mean when i was that age i want to be popular as well so yeah it's one thing to say you play artifact it's another thing like you can actually in in like at the bar say that you play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. you can at the bar say that you play um what's the other one uh, call of duty and people don't look at you crazy girls will still like drink with you after that right <laughs> like you can't like if you tell them yeah i play this game artifact and they're like what the hell are you talking about right there's like there's no there's nothing to it there's uh, it's kind of like when I was playing Magic in high school. No one knew about it. It was, it, it was super niche, and there's other ways. That, and, and again, you could be on the football team and be like, yeah, every night I go and play Fortnite with my boys. Like, and It is totally cool, and that's not the case with Artifacts. No. So I can understand that the college uh, community, is this isn't where it's at yeah. uh, on that side, um, and, but that's okay. Um, this it's never meant to be uh, a broad, massive uh, player base. It's never going to be uh, Fortnite. It's never going to be Call of Duty. It's not just there's not that game. Um, but it might be Starcraft, it, right? But it could be Starcraft, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. that's and if Artifact ended up getting as big as a Starcraft, or um, you know, even in the vicinity of uh, some of those really big like real-time strategy type mm-hmm. games um i think it would be very much a success so that's right. where it is today all right uh thank you for uh being on i'm gonna i'll be sure to link uh, for anyone who's Please interested do. in what you do uh draw2.g your twitter your twitch all that it'll be in the link in the description all um, the goodies all right and uh thank you it's been great yes sir anytime let me know what i can help with have a good day good day bye